This is Janelle Wood, and you are listening to the Finding Something Real podcast. Welcome, friend. The Finding Something Real podcast is an intentional journey designed especially for someone who's not sure about relationship with Jesus Christ. As someone who's been through my own ups and downs with faith, I desire to create an invitational space for people to process and address questions about God and Christianity no matter where they're currently at with faith. Finding something real is about finding restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Those are things I believe we all desire that Jesus Christ has the ultimate answers for. I tell people I don't just believe in Jesus because he's changed my life, although he has. I trust in him because he's radically real and there's nothing better. So if you find that all hard to believe, I understand that. And if you're skeptical, hey, you've come to the right place. But I invite people to go on a journey with me. And today we're diving deeper into season six with a new co-host this month. Her name is Luca. The way this podcast works is a little different than other podcasts. Here, every month we try to invite a different young woman to share her story, to talk about her questions, and then we invite on Christian guests who can address her honest questions or topics. So this month, you'll be listening to episodes curated by my friend Luca. Luca will share about her experience last year as an exchange student. She talks about her background and faith questions she hasn't found answers for. Luca, just so you know, is a busy student, and I don't know how often she'll be joining in the following episodes. But I'm truly grateful to her for making time for this one-on-one conversation And I know we'll be having rich conversations on the podcast this month because Luca was bold and vulnerable enough to share. I just want to ask you, the listener, what would you do if you grew up where no one around you really believed in God? Stories are powerful. They build empathy and understanding. And today's episode is a young woman telling her story. I'm so grateful to Luca for this. And Luca, if you ever listen, I just want to say thank you. We'll dive into today's conversation in just a moment, but first, a few words regarding stuff that helps keep us on the air. Hey there. In season six, I am looking for young women who can have real conversations about spirituality. Finding something real is a place for questions. It's a space for honest dialogue where people from all sides of belief can have a safe and loving space to genuinely talk and explore faith. And it all starts with the conversation, a lot like the episode you're currently listening to. So if you are a young woman between the ages of 18 to 25, you are questioning faith, deconstructing what you've grown up with or wondering about spirituality. And if you have questions about God that you would be willing to talk about on a podcast, if that's you, I would love to schedule a time to meet each other. Go to findingsomethingreal.com and click on be on the podcast for more information. And P.S. If this doesn't describe you, but maybe somebody you love, would you do me a huge favor and tell your loved one? Thanks in advance. I would love to hear from you. Hi friend. This podcast is sponsored in part by Faithful Counseling. Life is full of ups and downs, unexpected twists and turns, and sometimes we struggle with all that can come our way. 
Faithful Counseling will assess your needs and match you with a licensed professional therapist who is also a practicing Christian. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. And as someone with a master's degree in counseling psychology and whom at various times in the past 20 or so years has benefited from seeing a professional therapist, I know the value that professional counseling can bring because we all need someone to talk with and Faithful Counseling can help. Please visit faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real to sign up for professional faith-based counseling. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. There's also a special offer for Finding Something Real listeners to get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash finding something real. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for being a sponsor of this episode. Well, welcome back to the Finding Something Real podcast, friend. This is your host, Janelle Wood. And I am so excited that you are here listening to season six of the Finding Something Real podcast, where every month we try to have a young woman who has questions about the Christian faith or just God in general, uh, featured her story and her questions. And then throughout the month, we have guests on to address those questions. We've been doing this format for a couple of years now. It's one of my favorite things. And I am very, very excited about today's special co-host um, who's joining me all the way from Switzerland. Um, and I don't have any notes in front of me, which is really awkward, but um, I've known this young woman for, um, I want to say a year and a half. Uh, I was her IEC, her international exchange coordinator here when she was in the U.S. last year on her high school exchange uh, with a local family. And I just love her. She is a straight shooter. <laughs> she says what she thinks and she's not afraid to be bold and different. And I love that about her. Um, to be honest, when she said yes, I was a little surprised because um, I wasn't sure I would ever get a yes out of her. And I'm super excited she did. Um, so welcome, Luca. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I'm so excited that you're here. Now you are in Switzerland, you're in school, share a little bit about who you are and how you ended up in the U S last year. Uh, yeah. So right now I'm still 17. Um, and when I was, I think like 15, a friend of mine decided to do an exchange here. And I thought that was so exciting because I like I would see her stories on Instagram and all that stuff and it looked so fun so I was like I asked my parents if they were they would be okay with me leaving for a year and they were really supportive and so I signed up and a year later I was in the U.S. yeah and it was just yeah it's always been kind of like a dream to go to the U.S. because um, my dad used to like work there for a bunch of months and then come back yeah, when I was younger, and he would always tell me about how like large the fries were. And I was so impressed. So I was like, yeah, I want to see that. And when I saw um, like that, you can have the opportunity to spend a whole year there. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. Now, I don't think I knew that your dad worked here. What part of the US would he go to? Uh, mostly like New York and Florida. Oh, well, <laughs> I was thinking maybe the Midwest. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you came to Washington State. Did you feel like it met your expectations or 
yeah, how did, how was it like the dream versus reality? Um, I mean, I didn't want to go to Washington state. I did like a state, um, like the option where you can choose the states you want to go to. And I wanted to go to like either California or Florida because it's warm yeah, or um, like the New York part because it's New York. Yeah. And I ended up in Washington. So I like, I didn't have any um, idea of how it's going to be because I never read anything about it. You, you don't really hear anything about Washington state here because it's, there's not, nothing really that's like, that matters. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really have high expectations, but it was, it was a really fun year. Yeah. What did you like most about your exchange? I don't know, like the new people you meet. It's, it's just, it's great. Yeah. And the cold weather. How did you feel about that? Cause we do get quite a bit of cold weather. Yeah. I was really surprised because no one really told me about that. Cause my host mom, like the first things she would tell me is that she lives in a desert. So I was like, oh yeah, well, that's nice. That's going to be warm. And then all of a sudden there was like, I don't know, three feet of snow when I was stuck in um, Seattle and I couldn't go home because the roads were closed. So I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it was, didn't really like that, but it was fun. Yeah. Now you had chosen or at least dreamed about like California, Florida, New York, um, then you get Washington, but you kind of didn't have a lot of time to really think about it, right? I mean, wasn't it a very short turnaround time, if I remember correctly? Yeah, it was like, I think like 10 days before I left, they told me that I could actually do my exchange here. And before that, I didn't even know if I was going to be able to leave or if I had to go. Like my school would have started um, like in three days. And then they called me that I can do my exchange here. And I would... I already texted like all my teachers and all that. I was like, yeah, maybe I'll come back. I don't know yet. Um, just like be prepared if I'm going to be there. And then all of a sudden they just called me. They were like, yeah, you got a host family. You can go. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So at that point, did you care whether it was California or Florida? Or were you just grateful that you could go on exchange? Yeah, I was just really grateful I could actually do it because I was not prepared to go back to my school. So yeah. Yeah. Big relief. Yeah. Do you feel like you're a pretty adaptable person? Because some people would think of the anxiety going into not knowing whether you're going to be at school in three days or overseas and not knowing where you're going to go. Some people would probably, you know, panic at some of that uneasiness. How did it feel for you coming here? Did you feel uneasy or were you feeling pretty much at peace with what was going on? I mean, I was a little uneasy, I guess, because... It was really stressful not knowing if I had to go back to my school and like actually do school or if I could go to the U.S. and just like enjoy a break. You know, it's like it's the complete opposite. And so but it didn't really feel real. So I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of waiting for someone to call me and tell me that I can go to the U.S. And so I was kind of stressed, but not freaking out, I guess. But. Yeah, yeah, it was a big relief when they actually told me that I can do my exchange here. So, how did your family feel about you suddenly being actually going? Yeah, well, <laughs> my mom was crying a lot. Yeah, and my dad too. Actually, they were both like really sad. They were happy for me that I can do that and like experience that. But still, it was. I think it was really hard for them to like actually let go of me and be like, "Yeah, she's gonna be gone for ten months." Yeah. And I'm not sure what my brother was thinking. He was just kind of there. He was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so how old is your brother? 16. 
Okay. So he's younger than you. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your family. Are you guys close? What was it like growing up in Switzerland? For those who don't know, you know, Swiss culture, you get to educate. Oh, yeah. them. <laughs> um, I think my family is pretty close. Um, I, I think that Swiss families are actually closer to each other than American families. From what I experienced, like it's, and I feel like in the U.S. there's a lot of time there's a lot of tension in the families, and here it's not really like that. I mean, there are families that have a lot of tensions, obviously, but it's not like the norm. And for my friends, sometimes they would like get their phone taken away and all that stuff, and that's not a usual thing to do here. Yeah. So yeah, and I feel like I don't know, like my family, we go, we always go on ski vacation. That's like a really Swiss thing where we like spend a week together and have some fun. <laughs> now, how many um how many families in America did you like experience some of that tension with or was it did you feel like that was something you saw over and over again? It's something I saw over and over again. Like almost all my friends at some point they were like, I hate my parents. I don't want to <laughs> be there anymore. They like what shocked me the most is that parents would take away the doors from their room. That was like so many of my friends got their door taken away. I was shocked. And when I told my parents about that, they couldn't stop laughing. And they were like, yeah, when you come home, you're not going to have a door. We're going to take it. They were, it was just, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I, I mean, I don't know very many people who've had their doors taken off. So maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe it's uh, like a Wenatchee thing. Maybe I don't it was know. Wenatchee or... <laughs> Did you feel like they were good friends or are you like still friends with them now? Um, most of them, I still am in contact. Some of them not, but yeah. 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 So you guys are close, your family. Tell me mm -hmm. about your parents and your brother, like growing up, what that was like. Um, I was always really grateful that I had a brother because we would spend like all our free time together. We had the same friends since we're only like a year and nine months apart. So it's, it's not a real big age gap. So we had like the same friend group growing up. And yeah, my parents were always, I mean, I love my parents. They're great because they would always just like let us do the stuff we wanted to do. And they were really easy about all the things we wanted to do. They tried to support us with all our ideas, like going on an exchange here. So, yeah. Yeah. It seems to me having, you know, supervised and also hosted a few uh, Europeans at this point, um, there's a lot more independence in general in Europe. Yeah. Uh, in terms of teenagers and the freedom that they're allowed. And you experienced that as well. It sounds like, uh, you know, obviously the door is an extreme example. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So by the time you left on exchange and you came here to the U.S. and all of those things, you felt like you had a pretty close relationship with your family and your brother and uh, were you excited to go back or was it hard because you fell in love with American culture? W what was it <laughs> hard? A little bit of both, maybe neither. Which one? It was both. I think, cause I was like, I don't know, like the last three months of my exchange here, I met a lot of new people cause I started doing track and those were like, I don't know. I did volleyball, but I didn't meet as many people there cause my English wasn't as good yet. So I couldn't really tell them what, what I was trying to say they didn't understand and during track season they would like actually get what I was saying so we got really close and that was really hard because I don't know like meeting 
that many people and then just having to leave them. But I was also really excited to go home and see my family, obviously, and all my friends from like here. I really miss them. So it was a bit of both. But yeah, when I left, my friends came with me. And just like two of my closest friends that I was friends with since the beginning, basically. And they started crying. So I was like crying the whole flight to Seattle. And then I was, it was just, I was a mess. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then I was crying again when I was home because I was so excited to see my parents. And it was just, yeah, it was a well, lot. <laughs> it hard transitioning back into your culture or did it, did you feel like you were a changed person after your, your year here? Yeah, I feel like I am because I don't know, sometimes I just, my friends tell me that I would have never done that before. Like, so it's, but most of the time it's in a good way. So that's fine. But yeah, it was, it was kind of hard um, getting used to living back here again. Cause all of a sudden I could like go see my friends without having to ask someone if they could pick me up or drive me there. Mm -hmm. And also just being able to do whatever I wanted to do. That, that was that was like overwhelming at first because I was like, oh my God, I, I have so many things I want to do. And, but still I was like so tired and all that stuff. It was, yeah. But yeah. yeah. And now you speak German, correct? That's your primary language. Yeah. Swiss German. That's Swiss German. Okay. If for people like me, what I know the difference between like regular no. German, what's, what is the difference? I mean, clearly a difference, but. <laughs> Swiss people speak like Swiss German at home and we learned German in school okay. and German people only speak German. So they don't understand Swiss German. You can think of it as like a really strong accent, I guess. Okay. And every canton, so like every state has a different accent and it sounds completely different, but we understand each other. It like, it makes sense, but it, it doesn't. In the same okay. Way, I guess. Because <laughs> when you were on exchange, you became really good friends with a girl who was from Germany and you guys understood each other completely. Yeah, because I can speak German. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually going to visit her tomorrow for like okay? three days. That's really cool. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your religious background, if any. Um, I'd love to hear like what you grew up with. Um, and then maybe we'll talk a little bit about what you experienced when you were here in the U.S. Yeah, so um, my dad is Catholic and my mom is Reformed. Is that what you call it? I wasn't sure. Yeah, reformed like okay. Lutheran. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, because I, I wasn't sure. I actually like Googled it because I wasn't sure. So, And um, they decided to that me and my brother were going to be like the reformed part. Okay. And yeah, it was, I was baptized, I guess. Is that what you call it? Yeah. And then we have like um, basically like a religious school. Okay. Um, where you go from first until ninth grade. And it's always like, I don't know, like half a year, a period where you have um, the school once every two weeks on a Wednesday afternoon, because that's when everyone from first till ninth grade has the afternoon off. It's always Wednesday afternoon. And so you would have like, I don't know, like four hours or something like that. And you do that um, until you're in ninth grade. And then you have like this big ceremony that you can like actually join the church and you're now part of a church okay. but um yeah it's like they they make a big scene out of it it's like you have fancy dresses you have I don't know like everything and all your family's gonna come and yeah 
that's really big. So, but my parents aren't really religious. And so I was never really religious either. And I always growing up until like fifth grade, I would go to that like school because they had like good food there. And I was like, yeah, good food. I like that. And I would, <laughs> um, yeah. And then so like after fifth grade, I kept going. That's like, I was talking about that with a friend right before I came here. Cause I was like, well, what am I going to say? How do I say that? And so we were talking about how everyone that basically does that um, sort of um, school, mm -hmm. it's a lot of kids that do that, but most of them just do it for the money because you get a lot of money once you have like your graduation from like the church th thingy mm -hmm. and your grandparents and like your uncles and all that, they're going to give you a lot of money. And that's like, the biggest reason why people even finish it okay and we were also talking about how like I, I've never met someone that was like actually doing that stuff because they believed in God it's most of the time just because of the money and it was like the same thing for me because um I think when I was like between fifth and seventh grade I would um think about that a lot if God was real or not it was really some, something that made me curious I was like how how does it work and the one thing that never sit right with me was like um why would there be war if there was a god if there's someone that like is so powerful and i don't know he can do so many things but there's still war and there's still people that are suffering why would he do that and i can never find the answer for that so i would i was like after seventh grade i was just like yeah no i don't believe in him i i get why people believe in him and i i love seeing people that have like faith and that was always something that like amazed me when people were actually they would believe in God and you could feel like how happy they were when they were like praying or stuff like that mm -hmm. and that always made me happy but it was never something that I experienced or I could like see myself with doing like yeah yeah well, I really appreciate you sharing all of that so I want to peel back some of those layers a little bit um, when you went to the religious school, what made it religious? Like what, how did they teach you about God? Were you reading the Bible? Were they doing prayers? Were you going to like church services? What was that like? Um, so most of the time it was like a playful teaching. So they would like read us stories and all that stuff and like kind of teach us about Jesus and God and how it all happened. Yeah. And then at the end of like that, I don't, I don't remember how long it was, but like those six months where you would go to that thing you had um, on a Sunday, your class would like do a, um, a in the church, we would like hold the, um, what is it called? I don't know. Like Play. instead of the priest, we were. Oh, you were the ones giving the sermon. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. You're giving the talk. Exactly. Yeah. We were like reading, I don't know, stories and all that. Okay. Yeah. You learned a lot about the Bible then in all those years, probably. I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just don't really remember it. it yeah. was never as <laughs> I mean, the food was good. <laughs> so, okay. So you were going to that school. Did you go to church on Sundays or you said your parents weren't very religious. So I'm guessing yeah, you were we... as a baby. Were you... Yeah. Okay. So you're going to that school. Nobody's there because they actually believe that stuff they're there for the good food or because they're going to get money from their uncles when it's all said and done kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then, um, around, uh, let's say fifth through seventh grade. So probably between the ages of nine to 13, somewhere in there, 
you're like, could this God actually be real? And I kind of, there's some things that are intriguing to me about faith, obviously, uh, what you said about, you know, it's kind of neat when you see the joy that it brings people. Um, but then, so you said that you did some research or looked into it a little bit as far as if there is a God, why would there be suffering or why would there be wars? How did you research that Luca? Or how did you look into it? I just, I didn't really research it. It was like, we talked about those kind of things in like our school. They were like telling us if we had questions, we should ask them. And a lot of people were like saying, why is there war if there's a God? Yeah. And they could never like give us an answer. And so I would like try and think about it myself. I was like, how, how does that work? I just, so I never really researched it. The only information I got was from that school. But for me, it just didn't make any sense. It was yeah. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And um, as far as like sin, did they ever talk about that? Like, oh, you know, war, destruction is a consequence of like the, the fallen state of humanity. Was that like something you guys talked about a lot, like that kind of discussion or? Not really. It was always, they were always trying to like teach us the good sides. Okay. And we we wouldn't really go into like sinning and all that because most of the time it would get like too political and okay. you can't do that. So, yeah. Okay. So it was a happy, light uh, version of school, but also you got good food and people appreciated that you were there. Is that exactly, fair? Exactly, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that sounds interesting. So then by the time you were probably around 13, you're like, yeah, no. Uh, I appreciate that there's people in the world who believe in God, but that's not for me. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So then you come to the U S when you're 16, did you meet people who actually believed this stuff? Yeah. Okay. It was like uh, my host parents, they were really religious, especially my host mom. And so, yeah, the first things I noticed was like, she would pray each time before I ate my food. And I was like, what the heck is she doing? I was so confused. Cause I've, I've seen it in movies, but I never thought that was like a real thing. And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that was, um, and then a lot of my friends, they went to like youth group and they loved it. And so my husband was like, why don't you try that? You will meet a lot, a lot of new people. Yeah. And I did. I tried it um, like in the church where she went to, but it was just not going with my like views on the world because they were like, saying things like yeah we're gonna make groups but there's you can't be mixed so like boys do boy stuff and girls do girl stuff so the girls are gonna learn how to provide for a family and the boys are gonna learn how to do push-ups and I was like that's just not how I see things yeah and it was just really the whole situation was kind of giving me weird vibes with like all that stuff so I was like "Mm, I don't think I'm going back there I don't really see things the way they do and my host mom was like, yeah, I think you would if you read the Bible. I was like, I don't think so. It's not going to change anything. And yeah, after that, I got asked like a bunch of times. Um, a few friends were like, you should join me and my family for church on Sundays. And once in a while, I would go with my host mom. But it was just every time I loved seeing the people that were like praying and actually feeling emotional. But it was it was always like throwing me off because I was like, no, yeah. it's not really working for me, I guess. Yeah, it rubbed you the wrong way a little bit. Yeah. 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 Okay. So why did you agree to come on the podcast with me? Um, I don't know. I just thought it would be like a great opportunity to like 
see new ways of seeing things. Yeah. I was I uh, love like trying to understand how other people see the things because that way you learn so much in life and it's just yeah. 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 Well, I'm really glad that you did. I remember um the very first time I had like a little local meeting of girls just to kind of talk about finding something real and how um, to draw more young women in to listen. And I went and got you uh, to come here. You lived about an hour away. And I remember um, in the car, you know, we had a little bit of a conversation about God and, um, and, and I, I kind of remember you being like, yeah, that's just not for me kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. And, um, and, and you obviously have every right to your belief system. And I, I'm just grateful that you came on here because a lot of the people who listen, um, I mean, they may be a, a young person who's struggling with whether they believe, but then I also hear from people who are believers who are like, wow, I, I never had a conversation with someone like that, or, um, you know, I've never heard that worldview before or, or whatever. And so, um, I think that you being here is both educational for somebody else and hopefully a good experience for you. And maybe a journey towards finding some answers that you've been shelving for, you know, a few years since you're like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I do, I, I hope that some of the things that you encounter in our conversations with people, even if you're not able to come back for those conversations, they'll be recorded so you can listen later. Um, I hope they do challenge some of that for you in a good way. Um, because those of us who believe in God, you know, and find so much joy and um, hope in him, uh, we kind of get excited about it, you know, sharing it. And as I'm sure you experienced with your host mom, um, let's see, I want to go through, you filled out this survey for me. Thank you for doing that. Um, I asked, what are some questions or doubts you may have about Christianity or belief in general? And you, I asked if you would share at least three you uh, listed first the story. Tell me about that question or that objection or, or yeah, doubt that you might have. Friend, if you're enjoying this episode, you may also enjoy exclusive bonus content each month. Finding Something Real is a podcast that has some costs associated with it. We have a website, monthly subscriptions to stay organized. We design things. We like to pay an assistant producer who keeps things going around here that kind of stuff. We're not in the business of trying to make money, but we are in the business of wanting to keep this show going and be sustainable. So we use Patreon. And if you haven't heard of it, Patreon is the best place for creators to build memberships by providing exclusive access to their work and a deeper connection with their communities. Each month, patrons who support Finding Something Real get a bonus episode where we recap the month's episodes. Often those episodes feature our co-hosts and they will often share what this journey was like. There's other perks over there too, and it's easy to get involved. Just go to findingsomethingreal.com and click support at the top of the page. We'd love to have you over there in our Patreon community. I just, I don't know. It never sat right with me that, like, the story, the way that I got, like, learned it was that Maria was, like, pregnant all of a sudden. And it wasn't Joseph's kid. It was because they were waiting until marriage, I guess. I don't, I don't remember that part, but, um, and they were like, uh, yeah, so she's pregnant from God. And there's just like this, there's so many things happening that just don't make any sense for me. Like, 
Easter, like he's just like awakening from the dead. Just like how how does that work? And um, one thing that was uh, really that made me kind of stunned to speak was um, when one of my teachers from the religious school said that Jesus was even mentioned in like other sources, not the Bible, like history's part. And the things that get mentioned in history, they're real. They, they really happen. And so I was like, hmm, how, how does that work? Because I, I always thought that was just like some kind of weird story they thought about. And I was like, oh. And then I would like think about that a lot. How does that even work? But I, I just like the question with war. It just never made any sense to me. How, how can someone get pregnant from like just God and having God's baby and being able to like communicate with him and all the like and all the things that happened to him that's a little crazy yeah 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 <laughs> that would be a miracle right yeah <laughs> unexplained by science um okay well it sounds like there's a couple different questions in there maybe about the virgin birth definitely and then the resurrection would be a big one because both of those are huge miracles i mean mm -hmm. Let's have somebody on here to talk about those things and maybe even two people, one person to talk about the one, one person to talk about the other. Um, and then maybe this goes into that question of, um, and, and let me know if this, if you're thinking something differently here, but you talked about the impact on our world. Maybe this goes into uh, pain and suffering. Um, tell me about that question. So you had written just impact on our world questions or objections or, or oh okay okay yeah um yeah that was kind of my thinking so like why would someone that would be able to like make everything good just not do it since in the bible he's always like he's he's just the best you know he's like he can do anything he's so nice to everyone and he can help everyone and now that there's actually people needing help and he just, or she, or God, you know, um, it's just not doing anything. Like, how could he watch and be like, nah, mm -hmm. not interview? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, you also said this was a third bullet point you put here. It helps a lot of people. Um, tell me about that question or doubt. Um, I guess that isn't really a question. That's just something I realized that a lot of people, like we would watch with videos in like the school where they would show us like drug addicts that found their way to God and are now like doing perfectly fine. And I just would, I would always really enjoy seeing people like um, getting so much out of their faith and their beliefs. But also I was, like there's so many different gods basically and so many different religions how how does that work you know how can we all be humans and how but still believe in different things and some people just don't believe in it and yeah even though it helps a lot of people it helps them in a different way and like a different kind of god so i think it was kind of like that yeah so to make that into a question how can there only be one god would that be yeah. One way to ask that. Okay. Exactly. I really hope you're able to come back for some of these questions, Luca, because these are good. These are good questions. And you're a very thoughtful person. 
I remember that about you being here. It's true. <laughs> and I, I think it would be really beneficial to whoever comes on to have you here to advocate for, for your questioning heart. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when people aren't here, I will pretend to be them. I'll advocate for them. I never do as good of a job. I uh, just don't. So um, if you're not here, I'll try. But I, I think that these questions um, come from a place of where you've actually contemplated some of this stuff and thought it through. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, okay. So I also asked you a question that I, I like to ask, um, and it's about Jesus. Uh, basically, to summarize, if what Jesus said about himself was true, him saying that I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me, him also saying I'm the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. If what Jesus said was true, would you want to know? And you answered, maybe. Um, tell me about that. Um, so, I, I don't know. That's that's actually a good question. because Yeah. But um, I would be really interested if the things he said were actually real. And all those things. But also, like, part of me always thinks that's kind of creepy. And I wouldn't want to know. Because if you actually meet a person that can communicate with God and is basically their child. Like, what are you going to do? You, I'll just be there like, what? <laughs> and so, yeah, I was, I was like, it'd be interesting. Could it also be scary? So I think that's what I was thinking. Do you think it would change your life if you knew that there was a God who loved you and uh, sent his son to die for you? Like with that, do you feel like that would have impact on your life? I'm not sure actually because I kind of like have my own opinion now and I feel like it would be really hard to change that even if I knew God was real I'd like there's so many things that still don't add up and like don't make any sense or like things I experienced um people saying that believe like they would like um argue with God about things where I could just like it didn't make any sense. So I feel like it would be hard, but maybe, yeah. 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 Um, that's kind of an abstract concept out there, right? Cause it's not like, unless you actually were confronted with some things that you're like, whoa, maybe this actually has impact on my life. It's not a real concept that is yeah. That, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I asked you these questions and you left them blank and I'm, oh, Oh yeah, there were a couple of questions. Uh, who or what inspires you and what gives you hope? You left those questions blank and I want to know, Luca, what <laughs> inspires you and what brings you hope? I don't know why I left them blank, but <laughs> <laughs> I'd say my family, just like my mom, my dad and my brother, they all have like, they're all really different and you can learn really like a lot of different different things from them so I think they're like inspiring me a lot and yeah yeah what gives you hope like see seeing good things happening mm -hmm. um around me or just like on the news where you can actually see people helping people that's just I always feel like it it makes me feel like there's some faith left in humanity so yeah well, Luca, I 
I'm excited. This first episode, I never really push back. I don't give my own opinions too much. I just let people share whatever they have to share. Um, and I let other guests come in and do the hard work of like sharing a different worldview. Um, but I think that there's some really great things um, that you're going to hear along this process if you choose to listen. Um, I'm excited because, uh, yeah, I think these are great questions. I, like I said, really appreciate you coming on and sharing and being willing to be vulnerable, uh, in a language that, you know, is different for you, even though I know, you know, English really well. And, um, I've talked with enough girls on this podcast from different countries to know that can sometimes be a barrier. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm really excited about the people we're going to have on. I can already imagine a couple of people that I'm going to reach out to, to talk to you about this. In fact, one of them, I'll leave this in if he actually comes on. Um, he, uh, he was a former, uh, atheist, uh, a detective and, um, he, what's so interesting is he's, he became pretty well known as a homicide detective. In fact, he's been on like some of our crime shows. I, I noticed that you like crime, uh, like podcasts. They're fascinating. Yeah. 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 Okay. So this guy, well-known detective, really good atheist, doesn't believe in God, kind of like you, like good for people who believe in it, but it's not for me, not hostile towards believers, but just kind of like, yeah, I believe in facts and science and, uh, I've, seen a lot of evil in the world, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, anyway, spoiler alert, he became a Christian, right? And one of the things that he did is he wrote a book called cold case Christianity, where he used the same methods that he used as a detective in cold cases, homicides that he was trying to solve to, uh, explore whether the Christian story of a man rising from the dead had like verifiable evidence and he uh, became a believer. And now he goes around uh, pretty much the world sharing about that experience and why he believes that Jesus is the most compelling figure in all of history. And um, I had the privilege of hearing him speak live back in July and meeting him and He's a real deal and a really cool guy. So if we can get him on here, uh, Detective Wallace, uh, that would be amazing. If not, that's okay. We'll find some other people. But as you're talking and going through these questions, I'm like, that would be a really great guest to have on here to talk with you. Um, and so we'll see if we can do it, uh, Lord willing. And uh, the final question, Luke, I always ask every guest this question, unless you have any questions for me. Do you have any questions or No. What do you hope to get out of this? Uh, you shared a little bit, but anything beyond what you've shared? Um, yeah, just like I said, like seeing um, new opinions and like other views on that aspect. I yeah. yeah, I just really like getting to know new like ways to think. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. Okay. So final question, the finding something real podcast is about a journey towards restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love uh, real is an acronym for those things, real restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. Um, as a believer, I believe that all of those things can be found in their truest form in relationship with Jesus Christ, restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love. If I were right 
And uh, Jesus really did offer all of those things in a way that the world can't. Which one would be most compelling to you and why? Restoration, meaning that he can take broken things and make them beautiful. Eternity, meaning that we could spend eternity with God. Authenticity, meaning that he knows us better than we know ourselves. And he is the one who truly, truly knows us and accepts us and loves us as we are. And love, meaning unconditional grace and favor for anyone who chooses to come to him. Which one would stand out to you the most? I feel like authentic. I don't know. I don't remember the word, but yeah. exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I feel like I could learn something from that since he knows me, he would know me so well. Mm -hmm. I feel like, yeah, you can talk about yourself a little bit. Yeah. You can learn new things and learn how to love yourself since he loves you so much. And yeah, I feel like that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited and thank you so much until next thank time. You. <laughs> thank you for listening to the finding something real podcast friend. This season, we are inviting young women to join me as they share their personal stories and ask honest questions or share objections to the Christian faith. We hope to feature a different story each month and then invite Christian guests on to share from their own journeys and experiences and maybe answer some of those questions in follow-up episodes. Friend, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is still in the restoration, eternity, authenticity, and love business. I know not everyone has experienced that, but if you're curious at all, at whether there's something real to be found in Jesus. I invite you to come back next week as we continue on a journey towards finding something real in relationship with Him. Until next time.